I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Kia ora and welcome to the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I am your host, Jordan. I am mum to two beautiful little boys, Jai and Ali. I also host the Your Birth Project online hypnobirthing course and the Mini Kiwis First Aid course for parents of under five-year-olds and I have an online store attached to Your Birth Project which encompasses everything pregnancy, birth and postpartum related so just absolutely love that side of the business. I'm also a very, very passionate storyteller and a lover of all things birth so hence why I am leading you on this podcast. I'm not an advocate for any particular type of birth or model of birth care. I am simply here to hold space for this platform for you to share your beautiful stories with us all. You'll hear stories of joy, of heartbreak, of love, of loss, and each family has a different experience to share. I'm trying to bring to light stories that we often only tell in the darkest of places or to our closest of friends, but really are so important for everybody to hear. So I hope that you love the podcast of these beautiful families all over Aotearoa and I will let you jump into the podcast now. Enjoy. This episode of Kiwi Birth Tales is brought to you by Your Birth Project and Your Birth Project is my online hypnobirthing course where you can create your best birth with hypnobirthing and calm birthing techniques that apply to every different type of birth situation. So I don't decide what your best birth looks like for you. That is totally up to you and it is your space to create that. And the other side of your birth project is the online store, which is curated for you and it is designed to support you through pregnancy, birth and postpartum. So it's all of my absolute favorite products that I always recommend and also products that have come as recommendations from people who follow the podcast or who have done the Your Birth Project course before. So if you are wanting to create your best pregnancy, birth and postpartum period, make sure you head to the Your Birth Project page. You can find that at Your Birth Project on Instagram or www.yourbirthproject.com. And if you want a sneaky little discount code because you listen to the podcast episode and you've got this far through the ad, I guess, for your birth project, then you can enter the code PODDY, P-O-D-D-Y, for 10% off anything in the store and also the courses. So go and check that out. In today's episode, I speak with Greer and Greer takes us through her pregnancy, birth and postpartum journey. And I just absolutely loved speaking with Greer. I feel like you are all going to love this episode too. I felt like I was sitting down with a girlfriend, having a wine, chatting about all things pregnancy, birth and motherhood. So I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode. A little bit about what we cover. Greer takes us through her and TJ's initial pregnancy experience, which really unfortunately ended in a miscarriage. So she talks about that a little bit. And then into her pregnancy with Amaya, 
her birth story and then into her postpartum journey where she covers all sorts of things from breastfeeding through to birth recovery and baby sleep and what their parenting journey has looked like so far. So I just know you're going to love this episode. I will stop talking now and let you jump into it. So if you've got feedback, send it to me at KiwiBirthTales on Instagram or KiwiBirthTales at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you think of the episode and let me know who you want to hear from next. Enjoy. Hey, Greer. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. That's okay. I was just saying before to you, like we've finally got our stuff together <laughs> and the stars have aligned because it's been like in the pipelines for a long time. Totally, totally has. But I'm very happy to have you here. So welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me. No problem. Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family? Yeah, sure. So um, kia ora koutou. My name is Greer Pedinara. Um, I am currently living in Porirua in Wellington, which is where I am born and bred. Um, I live here with my husband, uh, my daughter, and our fur baby, Roni. It's actually her birthday today, so shout out to my dog, (laughs) Um, My daughter's name is Amaya. She's 18 months old. Um, And my husband is TJ Pedinara, who probably some people will be familiar with he mm-hmm. plays rugby and um he plays for the hurricanes and the all blacks so yeah we're currently um situated in wellington uh we've been based here for a little while did a little stint in japan not long ago but mm. um yeah we're back home now so it's good to be home yeah awesome very cool and we're going to talk through lots of uh motherhood things today pregnancy and birth and postpartum and all that sort of comes along with that but um I'd love for you to sort of talk us through what the journey was like to pregnancy for you and TJ and yeah how that all looked yeah um so we we basically got married um in 20 oh my gosh I better get this right eh? 2019 (laughs) um and sort of fairly soon after that we had been talking about having a family I mean we had been before that but um we you know sort of started discussing that we'd we'd like to start trying um I don't know what it is but I think you sort of had this like um it might be a bit naive but this preconceived idea that you know falling pregnant is something that's going to be quite I guess easy and for Mm. some people it is and that's awesome um but it didn't like just happen straight away for us um if you if if people have followed along on my journey um through instagram or social media or whatever they'll know that we um had a miscarriage before we had a maya so um we obviously had spoken about getting pregnant i fell pregnant maybe i want to say like six months after we started trying um so again like not fairly quick but yeah six months after we started trying and then um Around the eight-week mark, I think it was, or maybe the nine-week mark, we found out that um, we had miscarried. So that was a bit tough. Um, Obviously, you know, we really wanted to have a child. So, Mm. yeah, it was a bit heartbreaking. Um, And then it was about four four months after that, five months after that, um, we conceived Amaya. So it wasn't like a massive time in between, but it was still like a bit of a rough road, um, to falling pregnant for us um or yeah um rougher than we probably expected it to be and like I said that might have been a bit naive but um yeah so then once I fell pregnant um oh first trimester was (laughs) it was horrible so sick for me 
uh, had just all the classic symptoms when you you know yeah. when you get pregnant the nausea was really bad I couldn't eat mm. um most days I just like had to stay in bed basically and <laughs> I've had so many people like message me saying like oh what did you do because I know you had really bad nausea and that and I was like honestly I just had to <laughs> sleep and like convince yeah, yeah. myself that yeah you're okay you're okay you know it's, <laughs> there's not much you can really do I mean some people find little remedies here and there that ease it but yeah, there was just like nothing that got rid of it. So yeah. I think it was around the 13-week mark, maybe, or just after that, 14 weeks that I actually started to feel a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and then second trimester was great. Like, I'm sure a lot of women, like a lot of moms <laughs> say that, like, love and life, um, feeling good, had my little bump, you know, yeah. uh, that was great. And then third trimester again was uncomfortable, <laughs> couldn't yeah. sleep. Um Poor TJ, so many nights I was up crying, like, just because you can't get comfortable, like, mm, yeah. no matter what you do. Yeah. Um, I was just like, I can't sleep, I can't get comfortable. So I think towards the, re- like, the back end of my pregnancy, I slept a few nights in, like, because um, we'd brought a, a rocking chair for Amaya's room. <laughs> I'd um, slept a few nights in the rocking chair, had yeah. to sit up for I had all these pillows around me, like something under my feet it was just yeah it was <laughs> not good times not good times <laughs> oh, yeah. all the pregnancy yeah. fun right um, yeah yeah and did you have a midwife or an obstetrician for your care yeah so I had a midwife um something that me and TJ had discussed a lot I think at one point early on we did think maybe we'd go with an obstetrician but um something that was really important for us was to try and incorporate um, culture as much as possible yeah. and so one thing we discussed um, that was quite important to us in the end was um, having a Māori or Pacific midwife um, yeah. so we actually found a Māori midwife who was based in Porirua. Um quite sadly there's not many Māori midwives in our mm. area I think she might be like one of a handful and I'm sure like many mums know you have to go with a midwife who's like allocated to your area mm. so like even if we found one that we liked if she wasn't allocated to like the Porirua region we weren't we wouldn't be able to have her mm. and we had always been told like as soon as you find out you need to like get onto it because yeah oh, our midwives are amazing like they're just so overworked and um it, you know like they're just so in demand obviously so we like got onto it straight away and um there was a bit of a connection with our midwife because she had actually been the midwife for TJ's eldest sister oh, wow. um, and also a friend of mine who had given birth um, a few months before me, uh, she had had her as well. So there was a sort of little like personal link there as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, we ended up finding a Māori midwife um, in the end and not going for the obstetrician. Yeah, amazing. Very cool. And did you have, like, I know that you sort of touched on having um, an initial miscarriage when you first Mm. fell pregnant. Did you have any, like, anxiety or, like, fear that was attached to that in this pregnancy? Or how did that sort of play out? Yeah, 100%. Like, I think when that happens to you, 
uh, I, even though it was like sort of close together, I think even if there are people out there who have had miscarriages like years before or whatever, mm. I think there's always that in the back of your mind, um, just being like really cautious. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of anxiety around scans because obviously that's how we had found out yeah. last time. Um, when I had miscarried, I didn't have like any bleeding or any like physical mm. signs that I had miscarried. It was we had gone for a scan and then we had found out. So um yeah definitely a lot of anxiety I'd also been told um after my ultrasound that I had after I had my miscarriage that I had a let me see if I've got to say this right bicornuate um yeah yeah, uterus um so it's sort of like a heart-shaped uterus Mm. which means uh, it's not your sort of typical like round shape it's got like a bit of an indent in it and Even though I had been told from, like, medical professionals that, like, actually quite a few women do have it, mm. they don't, it doesn't usually cause any problems, but it can, just them saying, like, but it can, like, mm. and that's sort of what I held on to, yeah. because for me it was always like, well, was that a factor, and, like, yeah. what if it happens again, so I definitely think I held on to some anxiety and caution around it, and it was always, like, that moment of, like, holding your breath every mm. time you had a scan um and especially because at, at the time when I fell pregnant and for my first few scans um I TJ wasn't able to I think he came to the first one maybe but the 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 ones in between he wasn't mm-hmm. able to come because of COVID so um you know being alone in the in the room yeah. with, you know a stranger yeah. um, who and like some of them like don't know your history or whatever they're just like, mm. doing their job for the day I, there was definitely like a lot of like oh my gosh like yeah just that that moment of like holding your breath so yeah, yeah I definitely think it, it um cautioned me a bit in this pregnancy but mm. I guess sort of as it went on and then you sort of pass you're passing the milestones and being yeah. told that things are looking okay I think you do start to ease a bit and I think I sort of just had to tell myself like you know whatever will be will be mm. sort of you know to I just knew that being overstressed about it wasn't going to help me yeah. or baby. So it sort yeah. of just was a bit, yeah, what, whatever it will be will be sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And did you decide to, like, announce either of your pregnancies? And um, when did you sort of do that? And, yeah, how did the first miscarriage, like, did that play a part in announcing your second pregnancy? Yeah, so um, my our first pregnancy that we miscarried um, – we told as soon as we found out that we'd miscarried because I because I was quite early on Mm. um we hadn't told anyone yet just um my sister and her partner at the time they actually lived with us so we like Mm -hmm. told them because you know they were going (laughs) to find out sooner or later um but we hadn't told any of our family and we found out we'd miscarried and we both decided that we wanted to tell our family um Mainly it was just because I think we were so devastated that and it felt so heavy to carry by Mm -hmm. ourselves that we felt like having the support from our family would help us sort of get through that. And it Mm -hmm. it honestly really did. Um, I know a lot of couples like decide not to tell their families and and that's cool, like if 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 that's your Mm -hmm. choice. But I think for us personally, because we're really close with our whanau and our families are like always around, like we see them all the time, I think we just knew that yeah. this was going to be something that would like be visibly upsetting for mm. us. So 
um, we, we decided to tell them. And another thing was also is that TJ's sister had actually just given birth to her youngest um, around the same time that it all happened. So um, it was like that whole joy of like Mm. seeing your nephew and like TJ's nephew for the first time and that, and, but also feeling that like sadness of, you know, this was what we were going to have, but we didn't. Um, But then, yeah, so Amaya came along, we decided to announce it. um, I think it might've been around the, 12 13 week mark I'm, I'm, yeah. oh, maybe it was a bit later I can't remember but um we we told our families around Christmas time so we <laughs> um it was really early on again but like we said um if anything was to happen with that pregnancy we would have told them anyway so we yeah. told them quite early on um in Amaya's pregnancy and uh yeah we told them we told them at Christmas time um TJ I brought him this hoodie so we we, we <laughs> have um sorry I should give a bit of um what's it called background so um on on christmas days we do um breakfast with my family and then in the afternoon we go to his family um that's how we split our day so in the morning um i had brought tj this hoodie and on the back of it it said um papa on the back and it had a a picture of uh, a dad holding a baby and i told him to go and put it on (laughs) <laughs> and we were sort of like milling around about to have breakfast and he put it on, he came downstairs and I think I said something like, oh, do you like TJ's hoodie or something? And then like everyone saw it and was like, oh, <laughs> like, you know, so that's how we sort of told our family. And then for his family, um, they do this thing called uh, Bad Santa, which is where you, oh, yeah. everyone, yeah, <laughs> oh, no, there's of course some arguments in the family, yeah. trust me, but um, <laughs> you wrap up the present and then you choose numbers out of a hat and you get to choose a present in order, but like you also get to steal presents from other people. Yeah. But um, anyway, one of our presents we did was a, a pair of baby shoes. And um, so we'd, we'd wrapped that up and put it in. I think someone else got it. And then it was TJ's turn and he stole them off <laughs> his um, nephew and was like, oh, I'm going to take these because we're going to need them in nine months. He said something mm-hmm. like that. And then that was how we announced it to yeah. his family. So it was quite quite a cool moment, Christmas yeah. time. Everyone was really happy for us. And, um, yeah, it was, it was quite exciting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, amazing. Very cool. And in terms of, like, the scans and testing and stuff like that that you can yeah. do in pregnancy, did you do all of the testing that was available to you? And did you want to find out the sex of your baby in pregnancy? Yes, so we did all the tests that our sort of midwife advised us to do, um, and we did the NIPT test, um, and so yeah, we found out her gender quite early on, and we both really wanted a girl for our our first baby, so we were super, super excited, but um, yeah, yeah, we did do that one, and then it's like fascinating to me that that like sort of technology is available, it blows my mind, but um, it's such a cool... Yeah, it's such a cool thing to find out, and it sort of made me feel a bit more prepared because I'm like a big planner, mm. and TJ's a bit more like go with the flow type <laughs> guy. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was like just that little bit extra preparedness that I had to get ready for her arrival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Awesome, cool. And what about like antenatal or birth education? Did you do any? courses or anything else in your pregnancy sort of in preparation for birth yeah so I did I was kindly given your um birth project by (laughs) yourself and um that was awesome like I think the thing that helped me the most was a lot of the breathing techniques um I'll 
I'll owe it to you that my um, during my my labour, my midwife and both my husband said to me like, "Oh, your breathing is awesome." <laughs> so that was good. I got complimented yeah. on my breathing nice. during labour, which was cool. Um, I also did a little bit of the is it hatched? Oh yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, hatched antenatal. Obviously, we were in COVID, so it was all just yeah. done online. Um, but I quite liked it because because we were in lockdown. Like me and TJ just like did it here and there whenever we mm. had some time. Yeah. Um, it was a little bit hard, I think. I think a lot of people, um, well, personally, I, I might have liked it a bit more if we got to like engage in a classroom yeah. type situation. Like, um, yeah. I don't know, I think you watch it and then it's like, okay, that's cool. And then three weeks later you're like oh what was what was yeah. that now? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like to be honest um yeah the breathing techniques are honestly the thing that helped me the most because I say to so many people like there's actually like I feel personally there's like nothing that can prepare you oh gosh, for birth yeah. <laughs> um so just to have that basic of like the basics of breathing down mm. And know that you've got that. I think yeah. that's pretty crucial, and it was it was definitely crucial for me. Like I was yeah. like breathing through that, like <laughs> nobody's business, but it yeah. seemed to it seemed to help a bit. So yeah, that yeah, was good. Yeah. Cool. And did you have like any thoughts on where you wanted to give birth? Did you want to do it a hospital, home birth center, and like many thoughts around what you wanted your birth to look like? Um, I like I didn't really have a plan per se. I. One thing that my midwife said to me was always just like, you know, people use the word birth plan and quite often they can mm. become quite like attached to them. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like when I first met with her, I said, like I made it really clear that at the end of the day, I just want to like my baby to be delivered and she's healthy mm. and she's okay and I'm okay and we're both yeah. safe. And mm. if the things have to change, they have to change. And I was, I kept that in mind because I know that um you know for some people they have a, a set idea of what they want mm. and when things don't happen that way it can be quite scary um yeah. and I did it I just didn't want to let myself get to that point so I just decided really early on look preference would be to be in hospital I'm like I said I'm a planner so <laughs> to me um home birth was a bit daunting like the idea of home birth just for me personally yeah um so I like wanted to be somewhere where like people knew what they were doing mm. there were like all the right people around me if something went wrong like I yeah. was right there to be ready to go into the next room or whatever it was um that's just because that's the type of person I am but um so I had always decided to be in a hospital uh I had been told by a, a few friends and my sister-in-law that if you do have the option to like sort of stay on a bit it's really great to get help with like breastfeeding and things like that. Yeah. So I um, had asked my midwife to uh, transfer me to the local hospital, which is different from Wellington Hospital. Mm -hmm. um, and they have a really awesome um, birthing unit there um, with like really lovely staff. So I had plan always planned to spend a night at in Wellington Hospital, which is our main hospital in the city, yeah. and then come transfer out for a few days but obviously again because of COVID it was a little bit tricky so I spent one night in Wellington Hospital uh, where I had a Maya and then I came back out to Kinapuru Hospital which is the local one um, and I was planning to stay on stay for two nights but I only ended up staying one because we got told that like we couldn't have visitors um, mm, yeah. just because of COVID and like we just were like hanging out to see mm. 
our family and my um, Amaya was also the first grandchild on my side so like my grandparents you know my Mm -hmm. parents were like you know want to see our grandchild Mm, Um, so we we ended up leaving a day earlier than we were going to just because of COVID but um, yeah yeah, I had always planned to to be in hospital to give birth yeah cool yeah and what like what did COVID look like at this stage like where were we at in terms of lockdowns and all of that when you were due to give birth yeah, I think I I think we might have been level four. Okay. So it was one support person. So originally it was going to be my mum and TJ's mum and TJ yeah. in there with me. Yeah. Um, and then obviously we ended up finding out that they couldn't come. It was just TJ. But I'm still like genuinely so grateful that I was even allowed him in there. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, like for me personally – because everything was a blur I don't can't remember like many things being too different Mm -hmm. but then again like I had never given birth before so I wasn't too sure like what procedures were just normal practice and what was you know sort of COVID related so besides there being no visitors and um only being allowed to have one birth person I don't think there was much else that I noticed that was different Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah Cool. And what about like the very end of your pregnancy? How were you feeling and were you doing anything to try and like bring on labor or um, any of the other things that they say you should be doing <laughs> pre-birth? Um, what did that look yeah. like for you? I think I tried raspberry leaf tea. Yeah. Um, I went for a lot of walks. I remember mm-hmm. that and it was really uncomfortable. Um, I... I had so many people like suggest so many different things mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh my gosh, like there's just so many different things. Like how would anyone even know if something worked because you're yeah. trying 10 billion <laughs> different things at once? Yeah, yeah, how do you yeah. know which one worked for you? Yeah. Um, we tried the whole like having sex later on in the yeah. in the pregnancy and that was, oh my gosh, uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like um, – yeah, I think that was that was that was they were the only things I did, I think. But um like I said, like, yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't know if you tried like mm. more than one thing anyway. And I think at the end of the day I just sort of had in my mind like she's gonna come when she's ready to come. Yeah, yeah. Um although my mum <laughs> my mum does say to me, like, oh, I reckon it was so the day before Amaya was born is my um youngest sister's birthday. So she was born a day before Amaya. And we went around to my parents' house that night and we all had curry for dinner. And my mum's like, oh, I think it was the curry. She's like, it was the curry that brought her on. (laughs) Oh, funny. And so do you want to talk us through your labour starting and um, into your birth story? Yeah, for sure. So um, it was the 23rd, so my youngest sister's birthday of August, and we'd gone around to my parents' house that night. I think we got home about um, 9.30, and I was feeling really, really achy. And I remember saying to TJ, like, I feel really, really achy. He's like, okay, like, go take a bath. I absolutely hate taking baths, by the way. Like, I'm 100% a shower girl. I get totally bored in baths. But towards the end of my pregnancy, I just became so, like, sore Mm -hmm. and uncomfortable that I actually found that baths helped me. So... TJ's a big bath. He loves baths. He's an avid bath fan. And he was telling me, like, you need to have baths. So towards the end of my pregnancy, I started having more baths. And so this particular night, he's like, go and have a bath. Um, It might help you feel better before bed. So I went and had a bath. um, And then I came to bed, feeling a little bit uncomfortable, but sort of nothing out of the ordinary. 
And then I think it was around maybe just before midnight, Mm -hmm. I started having my first contractions. It's hilarious to me because throughout my whole pregnancy, everyone was telling me, because I was like, how do I even know if I have a Mm. contraction? Like, I don't know what it feels like. And everyone's just like, don't worry, you'll know. Mm -hmm. Like, you definitely know. It's it's nothing like you've ever felt before. I'm like, exactly. Like, how, like, well, I definitely knew. (laughs) Um, So it's just this, yeah, something I've never felt before. I said to Tej, I think I'm having, starting to have contractions. And it sort of was a little bit slow at first. They amped up pretty quick. I think we just downloaded one of those, like, free, um, what are they called? Uh, Like the apps. Yeah, 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 Yeah. that you can count your contractions. So TJ jumped on that, um, was timing them, told, I think we called our midwife when they got a little bit closer, and he just said, oh, they're getting a little bit closer. And she said, just monitor, um, let me know when they get this close, whatever. So we did that for a little bit, and then they really started ramping up. I think it was around, like, 2 a.m. maybe um and I had to like I said teacher I need to sit on the toilet like mm. and I've, I've actually spoken to a few mums who have said this like they get that ur- like some women get the urge to like mm-hmm. they need to sit on the toilet and I had that urge like ultimately um just like this pressure down there and plus your contractions so I sat on the toilet for a bit and then they were getting closer and teacher's like okay like let's just go to hospital they're getting mm-hmm. close I'll call the midwife whatever so we jumped in the car and went. Mind you, also, it's like pouring down with rain this mm. night, like absolutely bucketing down. And I vividly remember walking outside to our car in the pouring rain and like I had a contraction and I just had to like, I sprawled myself across the mm. bonnet of the car and was just like, I'm having a contraction. And she's like, well, just keep moving, get in the car so you don't get wet. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, I need to be still right now. Um, but, yeah, it was pouring down. We got to our local hospital, which is Kenapuru, which is where we're meeting our midwife. And another really funny memory I have because of COVID, we were walking in and the security guard was like to me, you need to sign in on this piece of paper. <laughs> And I was like waddling down the middle of the hospital. Like it was two in the morning. So there's like no one around to see me waddling down the hallway. And then I like just got this contraction all of a sudden. And I remember there being this like hospital, you know, those signs in the hospital that tell you like East wing, West wing, like go this way, this way. I like, plastered my hand up on it and was having a massive contraction and he was like in my face trying to get me to sign in and I was like I'm having a contraction get my husband to do it so teacher's like oh no I'll do it I'll do it I'll do it yeah it was I just remember that and I remember thinking the poor guy like being yelled at by me but um yes we made it into the birthing unit there um for me like i I didn't really want to be there very long because the thing is with our local hospital they don't do epidurals there so it's a natural birthing unit well I say natural all births natural but you know what I mean like um no no drugs or anything there just gas um and because I was always very pro-drug like (laughs) I want an epidural uh I didn't plan to be there very long in my mind it was like okay we're meeting my midwife here we'll get checked up we'll go into hospital you know we'll drive out to hospital um so we got in my contractions were pretty full on by then. I got checked and she was like, oh, you're already seven centimetres. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, you're already seven. Like, you're already seven centimetres, so you don't have long to go. And I was like, cool. Like, I was thinking, okay, sweet. Like, mm-hmm. let, let's do this sort of thing. So the contractions were coming on, coming on. 
Um, I remember at one point she did a check and TJ, this is hilarious too, TJ was very adamant at the beginning of the um, pregnancy, like, I'll, I'll stand at the top and I'll support you, you know, like I'll hold your hand, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll be there for you, but like I, I just don't think I can like go down mm-hmm. that end. Well, yeah. During the pre- during the the labour, his head's down there and he's looking up, looking at Amaya's <laughs> head, going, "Oh my gosh, I can see her hair!" So he was like fully in it. And then I spoke to him after. He's like, "There's no way I was missing out like seeing my daughter come into the world." Like, and yeah, it's just funny how like guys' yes, perspective okay. changes. Um, but yeah, so I remember them checking and and I heard them say, "Like, I can see her hair." So I was thinking, like, "Oh, cool, cool, she's getting close." So I started pushing at Kinapuru. Um. And I just got like so tired. So I think, so we went in around 2, 2.30 and I think it came around to about 8 o'clock in the morning and I'd been pushing, pushing, pushing and just nothing like mm. seemed to be advancing. And I was checked by my midwife and um, because because I um, had dilated quite quickly to 7, I think what she thought was like, oh, like she's going to breeze mm. through the next, you know, a few centimetres, like sh- sh- the baby's going to come soon. And I do remember her telling me like, um, do you want to go to Wellington now? The only risk is, is that like, because you're so far dilated, like baby could come potentially mm. there's a risk could come on the way in, uh, on the way into, into Wellington. And I said, Oh, like I really want an epidural, but like, if you think that she's going to be here soon, then maybe I just try mm. deliver her on gas. So I did, yeah, I was pushing, pushing, pushing. Nothing seemed to be advancing. And then she ended up checking me. Yeah, I think it was around 8 in the morning, 8.30 in the morning, maybe a little bit earlier. And she said, like, I think baby's getting stuck. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just like, oh, gosh, what does this mean? Like, I was absolutely exhausted. Yeah. Um, poor TJ was like, <laughs> just like, let's do something. Like, mm-hmm. she agree, so tired. She's exhausted. I don't know if she can push much longer. Um and I had heard from a few other women. Like I got, I literally got to the point where I was saying, like, I can't do this anymore. Like, mm-hmm. this is too hard. So, yeah, yeah from 2, 2, 2.30, and then I was, yeah, like, I started pushing quite early, and it just seemed like it went on for ages, like, that time. Um, so she got stuck, and then the call was made that because she hadn't advanced in that whole time, um that I should be taken into Wellington mm-hmm. uh, just because, like, they have all the services and things in there yeah. that if something needed to happen, like maybe she needed to, I needed to have a cesarean or whatever, that I could I could be um, close by all that. So mm-hmm. I ended up having to be rushed into hospital in an ambulance mm-hmm. during, like, a peak hour Wellington traffic. So if you're in the traffic on in Wellington on the 24th of <laughs> August 2020 and you saw an ambulance zooming through, that was me. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, we, we zoomed into Wellington, which is like 20, 20, 20 minutes away, maybe probably a little bit quicker because we're in the ambulance. Um, I was in absolute pain. It was horrible. It was the worst drive of my life. I remember laying on my side, having the most horrible contractions and because we were going so fast, like I was literally nearly slipping off the hospital bed. Mm-hmm. So I was like, or oh, not hospital bed, sorry, the ambulance bed and I was like trying to cling on to the side at the same time as like going through these contractions and all I had was that little um sucky you know those little sucky ones they give you like the gas um the portable ones yeah yeah, I had one of those 
they taste absolutely horrible just by the way um and yeah so that's what I had in the in the ambulance and then we ended up getting in there um really super grateful that when we got in there I got my epidural not long after Mm. I got in there which was amazing and it just felt like everything was just so much better Mm. I said to the I had two guys come in and do my epidural and I was like they're like oh I'm so sorry like because I was having like really bad contractions Mm. I'm so sorry like we need you to sit still I'm like honestly I will sit still like you are saving my life right now like thank you so much and they're like oh no no we just feel really bad like and I'm like don't worry about it like you honestly you're helping me out so I had my epidural um and then I got checked and they told me that little Miss Amaya decided to do a little flip and she had Mm -hmm. turned um and she had also somehow managed to I'm going to use the word suck back up, but that's probably not the right terminology. But um, she was low when we were at the other hospital and my midwife could see her head. When the doctor checked when I got in there, he he said, or she said, I actually can't remember, it must have been the drugs, um, that she had actually gone like up a bit. Like, so she mm-hmm. pushed back and it must have been when she turned. Uh, so I was like, oh my gosh, like, why is this happening? Um, so they said to me, look, we'll get you prepped for theatre just in case um, you need to sign the forms, whatever. She may need to come out via C-section, but if we can manage to turn her, then we will do that. Would you like us to do Mm. that first? And I was like, yeah, yeah, like do whatever you want, like just get her out. So um, we ended up going into theatre all prepped and ready just in case. Um, And then the doctor came in and was like, look, I'm going to just try manually turn her first if that doesn't work. We'll get her out another way, but let's try this first. So she stuck her hands up. I I like vividly remember this. She stuck her hands up and then was like, okay, you need to push while I'm turning. So she basically maneuvered Amaya round Mm. the right ray while I was pushing. And um, yeah, she ended up turning, which was awesome. (laughs) Um, And then she ended up being a forceps delivery. Um, I had an episiotomy as well. And that is her entrance into the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what a um, massive, massive effort from you. Oh, no. <laughs> there, yeah, um, a few things, a few things, you know, a few hiccups, but yeah, you know, we got there in the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, was she like fine? They popped her up on your chest, and she was all good. Yeah, she's all good. Um, yeah. yeah, no, no. The, after that, she was she was pretty sweet. I think. For me personally, like having the epidural in it is, yeah, the, the drugs and that, mm, there yeah. was that first moment of like it being a little bit, um, I don't know what the word is, but it just like seemed very surreal at first. Mm. Like she got put on my chest and I was like, wow, this is my child. But there was that first feeling of like, whoa, I feel so out of my body right now. Like it, yeah. it's quite hard to explain. I don't know what it is. I think perhaps because you're always like, shown this idea of like as soon as your baby comes on like onto your chest and it's like oh my gosh my baby my child I'm a mom whatever it was definitely more like oh my gosh I'm so high right now um (laughs) like just that whole bringing it into real life like it it didn't quite hit me at first Mm -hmm. um so I remember just like looking at her for a bit and I was like oh wow like this is a real human here (laughs) 
Um, but baby. yeah, he's <laughs> a human and yeah. it's my baby. Yeah. Um, and like, but bless TJ, he's so emotional and like just so happy to see his daughter. Um, but also another little side story in that whole process, I actually lost my um, wedding rings in, oh. <laughs> in that process. So yeah. um, parenting, uh, birthing parents, if you are in theatre, I do not recommend uh, giving your rings to your husband because mm. he will put them in his scrubs uh, that oh, he's wearing no. in theatre and he will leave them somewhere. <laughs> um, so that's a whole little, another another little side story. I lost my, uh, my rings on the day that I gave birth. But um yeah, no, she was sweet, um, really good, really um, wide-eyed baby. So not long after she came out, like, her eyes were, like, these big saucers, mm. like, just looking up at me. And a lot of the nurses were like, oh, she's an old soul, you know, like, she's <laughs> seen the world. It's like she's seen the world for the first time, but it's like she's been here before sort of thing. So she's very, like, yeah, really alert and, like, kept looking around. And it was real bizarre to see, like, a tiny human. <laughs> That yeah. could just come yeah. out of me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is totally bizarre. Definitely. <laughs> it's to that. still bizarre to me. Like, oh, literally to this day, I'm like, how, how, yeah. just how has this happened? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There was definitely, I wouldn't say there was like a lot of pain afterwards from the stitches and that, but um, I think like once the drugs started wearing off and that, you sort of feel that like pressure down there and yeah. um that's sort of what I felt it was like a yeah. bit of pressure afterwards um but you know they healed really well and um yeah I, I think I'm actually quite grateful that I got it because I had heard from other people's experiences and of course like everyone's got their own mm. experience but I had heard that sometimes it is a lot easier to heal mm-hmm. um, a cut rather than a, a tear just because of the like the nature of how the skin's been, yeah. I guess, torn or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it healed really well and, and, yeah, don't notice it at all now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome, cool. And so you stayed, you said one night in that hospital? Yes, I stayed one night in Wellington. I think um, by the time she came it was like midday or maybe like mm-hmm. just before midday so yeah I stayed that day and night there um in Wellington Hospital and then I transferred the next day back out to our local birthing unit um and stayed there one night as well yeah awesome yeah and did you find the support there helpful in terms of like latching and everything else that you're trying to learn as a new yeah. mom <laughs> yeah right like oh my gosh <laughs> um the, the first night in Wellington was amazing and I was just like so lucky that this had happened. But um, we have a close family friend who's a midwife and she wasn't on – she works at Wellington Hospital and she wasn't on shift when I'd given birth, but she ended up being on the night shift that night. Oh, yeah. Um, so it was cool to have like someone that I knew, not nearly as awkward as you'd think it would be having someone, you know, like check your vagina. Nah. But um, <laughs> it was just like – made me feel a lot more comfortable because like I knew her um yeah, yeah shout out to Emily who looked after mm-hmm. me in my hospital she's amazing amazing midwife um but yeah and then I transferred out to Porirua I think what's really cool about Kinapuru is that um the birthing unit's quite small mm-hmm. so the staff are, are really like hands-on in terms of like mm-hmm. they don't have like 10 billion women to check check on yeah. you know like um it was Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot more one-on-one time available. I, I found breastfeeding really hard in all honesty, like, um, mm-hmm. which I'm sure like a lot of mothers do, but I found it really tough and that first, that second night, sorry, that we were in hospital, like my nipples started hurting, like, mm. oh my gosh, nobody's business. And, yeah. you know, you always think like, how do these tiny little babies with their tiny little mouths with no teeth, <laughs> like do so much damage, but I was bleeding by then. So this was only mm-hmm. the second night. I was bleeding by then. Yeah. I had bruises. I definitely was struggling. Um, the help in terms of information, I think, is amazing with breastfeeding mm-hmm. when you were in hospital. But I think perhaps what I was lacking a little bit was just that whole, like, please remember I'm a first-time mum. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of the time, because the women who help you and who are midwives and who are lactation consultants and all that, like, they do this every single day in yeah. and out heaps of women and I bet that it's quite easy to forget that yeah, yeah. this woman's just been through birth mm-hmm. then they're also coming to terms with like I have to look after this little mm-hmm. human now and like she or he is my sole responsibility and then also on top of that that baby is crying and that baby needs to be changed mm-hmm. and that and I need to eat and I need to you know so I think maybe personally my experience was the information was amazing, but I think I was just, yeah, maybe maybe lacking that little bit of like, it's okay. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you yeah. don't get it this time, it's okay. Um, because, yeah, I, I definitely struggled a lot. And even just through my whole breastfeeding journey, like even when I came home, obviously you don't have the everyday support of like a mm-hmm. lactation consultant or something um, and like, hands down my husband was absolutely incredible with supporting me um I'm a big like fed is best so whether my baby was going to be fed by bottle by breast by I don't know donated milk whatever it was I just I wanted my baby to be fed and that was fine by me but I think there's this internal narrative of like I feel like a disappointment and I feel like I should be able to do this. And regardless of how many times you tell yourself that your baby just needs to be fed, it's okay, it doesn't matter how, it just needs to be fed. And no matter how many times my husband told me that while I was bawling my eyes out saying like, oh, I can't do this, like, why can't I do this? You, you do have that narrative. And I think there's just like a lot of pressure around like breastfeeding and, and wanting to do it right, wanting to – like there is no right or wrong, you know, you've yeah. like I said, your baby just needs to be fed. However, yeah. that is, it's totally fine. And I think, yeah, I think I just maybe needed a bit of empathy yeah. from some of the people that I had, had come across in the breastfeeding space in terms of like public health mm. is just that little bit of like, we know what you're going through. So mm. this is the information, give it a go. If you can't get it right now, don't worry about it, you know, because I think yeah. I think I felt a bit like, you know, when you're like trying to, I don't know if you had this experience, but 
when you have someone come and like te- try and teach you how to latch in that and they're like you're trying to like put your boob in your baby's mm. mouth and it's just not going right and then they're saying like oh, do you want me to help do you want me to hold it can I hold your boob can I try and it's like mm-hmm. yeah cool but it's like I don't think it's the physicality of what's happening right now I think it's like the emotional and mental like vulnerability space that you're in in that moment is like I don't know if I can like do this right now like I just need a moment um and perhaps maybe I wasn't vocal enough about that I don't know but I did feel like like I struggled a bit and there was a bit of pressure and um like happy to say now that like I'm still breastfeeding at 18 months before I would stop it (laughs) literally thought I'd be stopping at six months but my My little Miss Amaya is a, a booby girl. Oh, she's yeah. probably going to listen to this one day, isn't she? And go, Mom, why'd you have to say that? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I haven't stopped breastfeeding and, you know, now, now it's fine. Like, um, I'm happy that, like, I, I did breastfeed and I tried, but I also absolutely, completely understand and empathize with any mm. mother who decides not to because honestly, I reckon that might be harder than giving birth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the breastfeeding, yeah. Oh, I know. I can totally relate to that public health yeah. kind of like experience yeah. in terms of getting help. I remember with Jai, like I had had the basically the exact same thing, like all of these midwives and lactation consultants, like hands all over my boobs, like trying to yeah. get my baby to latch onto my nipple. And I'm just like, yeah. man, I feel like this is worse than someone looking at my vagina and telling yeah. me I'm like, <laughs> oh, actually, everywhere. Oh my and, gosh, like, you're so right. Oh, yeah. I just, I totally relate to that. It wasn't until my yeah. friend, like one of my best friends came to see us and she was like, oh, do you want me to show you how I did it? Like, is it okay if I touch your boob? And I was like, oh my God, I just... Like, you are the person that I wanted to do that. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Is. Like, I don't know. I get the empathy sort of comment. I just think, yeah, mm. there's a lot that um, we're trying to learn as, as new mums, and I definitely think it's important to try and apply that sort of empathetic lens if we, yeah. if we can. And yeah. and the hard thing is is that, like, you also have empathy for the midwives in that oh, as well, though, because yeah, you yeah. know that they've done this, like, 10 oh million God, times yeah. in a day. And, and they've probably worked, like, bloody 18 know, hours that day. <laughs> so there yeah. is that, that, that level of that understanding. Yeah. I mean, in hindsight, now there is. But course, in yeah. that moment when you're a new mum, especially, like, a first-time mum, it's just – so much information and just not a lot you can do with it because there's so many other feelings that are going on. And I think the hardest thing for me too was, um, I'm sorry, not the hardest, but one of the, one of the hard things for me too was that, um, I'm the eldest of five girls and my youngest sister is 20. Oh gosh, am I going to get this right? (laughs) She's 21 this year. Um, so she's, she's 20 and oh, sorry, she's 19. Wasn't she? Yes, my baby wasn't born last year. She was born the year before. Sorry. Yep, so she's 19. So so the birthing experience and everything that came after it for my own mother was a long time ago. Mm. And so I think one of the things is if you do have your mother or a mother figure around, you often turn to them, right, for advice and things like that. And now becoming a mum myself, and even though it's only been 18 months since I've had her, Mm. there are things that I've forgotten already, like, or maybe that are a bit blurry, you know, things are starting to become a bit blurry. So for me, turning to my mum for advice, like a lot of the time she's Mm. just like, oh, I don't know, like I can't remember. And like, that's no knock on her, but I like now becoming a parent, I understand like you actually do start to lose some of those finer details. And so turning to my mum for like, 
breastfeeding advice because she breastfed all of us five yeah. five children and for her to be like oh i can't like i can't really remember i just sort of did it you know <laughs> it's just like not super helpful so like you said how you needed your friend because mm. that's someone that you relate to I, I sort of felt like i needed yeah like you i needed that yeah. someone but i was the first in my family to have a baby yeah. so like i didn't have any sisters who who yeah. breastfed um yeah, my mum, like I said, hadn't had a young baby for like 19 years. So it, it was a little bit like for me, yeah, I didn't have that sort of like personal touch, I mm-hmm. guess is what you're <laughs> literally yeah. personal touch. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, like you said, like just that, that close companion. But that's, I yeah. guess that's really cool that your friend was able to come over and show yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, do it, nice. yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with all of that. And what about when you went home with Amaya and you and TJ are trying to adjust to being parents and obviously you're recovering from birth and Mm. you've got all these hormones all over the show and you've got a baby Mm -hmm. that doesn't probably like to sleep that much. And (laughs) yeah, it's it's a lot. So Mm -hmm. how did you find those first couple of weeks and what was your mental health like during that time? And yeah, talk us through that. Well, just a note, I'm still adjusting to parenting. Uh, <laughs> oh <my> God, I <laughs> mean. Still. <laughs> I feel like I'm still going to be adjusting to parenting a long time yeah. uh, down the road. But, no, yeah, um, oh, gosh, like I said, it's even starting to get a bit blurry now, gosh. But um, we got home. Um, it was always the plan for us to have my mum move in with me. So um, with us, sorry. So from the beginning, that was the plan. My mum was going to come move in for the first few months just to help us out. And oh my gosh, like if you have the ability to have like a, like I said, a mother or a mother figure or a family member who can move in to help. Oh my gosh, like highly, highly recommend top tip to any new mum. And it Mm. wasn't even the stuff to do with baby. It was just everything else because a lot of the time when you're a new mum, what I found is that, um, I think some of the misconception from uh, like outside or people or whatever is that like you want help with the baby, the baby and yeah. they have the best intentions and like mm. bless all the people that come over and like want a whole baby while you do this yeah. or that. And I think down the track that is helpful. Like once you've established, you know, your parenting style, your routine, whatever, yeah. that is yeah. super helpful. But as a first time mum and a new mum in those first few weeks, like I just want to be with my baby. I'm still trying mm-hmm. to get to know her. Um, I'm still trying to like, like I said, learn breastfeeding, um, Mm. like just trying to figure everything out. So I didn't want to be apart from Amaya, but then like the household still needs to tick over. So I had my mum move in. She was just an absolute angel. Like I said, she had five children, so she's, you know, (laughs) had it down pat pretty much. But yeah, she just did all the other stuff, the dishes, the cooking, um, folding, washing, doing washing, whatever it was, she did that. And the amount of weight that that took off my shoulders because I am very much a person who, like, if my environment starts to get messy, like, my head gets really messy and it affects, like, my mental health. Mm. Um, so just to have someone there to do that was, yeah, just super, super helpful. And TJ, unfortunately, plays rugby, so his schedule doesn't mm. change very much for anything. Yeah. Um, he got a little bit of time off, uh, like a couple of days, I think it was. And then he was straight back into training. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really hard for him, I think. And it became sort of a a journey of him yeah. being away a lot. Yeah. Um, and so that was a little bit tough, I think, in the first few weeks. And mm-hmm. not just because he wasn't there 
to help me during the day, but I think there was a little bit of um, like resentment started to creep in because I didn't think I factored in the feeling of um, like starting to feel like I, I was losing a bit of my identity. Like yeah. Um, yeah. I, I had heard like from mums and that like, oh, you know, as you sort of get on down the track as a, as a parent and you've really got to like make an effort to like find what, what makes you happy and stuff like that. And I like totally get that. But even in just like the first month, like I was starting to feel that a little bit um, because my days were spent on the couch. I pretty sure I watched, watched nearly every episode of the chase <laughs> and tipping point. Um, <laughs> I was just breastfeeding um, you know, you'll know if you did like, you know, there's the cluster feeding, there's the mm. trying to establish some sort of like normal, say with their sleep, um, yeah. remembering to eat yourself. <laughs> so it just became this like really tedious routine and like, it does not mean that you don't love your baby any less or anything, but I definitely think I was starting to feel a bit jealous of TJ being able yeah. to go, just leave the house, like, and it yeah. not be a thing. Like, he got to pick up his bag, walk out and like go to work. And I know mm -hmm. it's work. Like, and I spoke to him and he's like, I would much rather be home with my baby. Mm -hmm. Like you need to understand. And I, and I, I get that and I totally get that. But I think sometimes as a stay at home parent, um, in those first few weeks, it is very hard to realize that now, like your schedule revolves around mm -hmm. someone else. Um, so that was really hard for me in the first few months and I really struggled to sort of like yeah I don't know yeah feel like myself I guess because yeah. this sort of parent version of me was completely new mm -hmm. and I didn't know this person so it was just about sort of getting to know that person a bit better and try and find a balance between her and you know the old well not the old mm -hmm. Greer but you know like the the Greer that's you know me <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah no I can I can really relate to that too I yeah. think um Joe played water polo when Jai was born and I remember he went yeah, away for right. like 10 days or something mm. and I was so resentful towards him. Mm. Oh my gosh, I remember thinking like how can you just be like away for 10 days mm -hmm. and it's just fine and you're fine and like yeah and you get out to go out there and like be a person who you <laughs> have always been and like yeah yeah oh, I, but then I also had this side of me that was like but I don't want to leave my baby and like I feel mm -hmm. like I want to be with my baby all the time it's just I really found that time particularly the first yeah. time around but also the second like a really, really tough thing to get your head around, and it's like a constant yeah. roller coaster. It was for me, anyway. It is. It's just this like internal conflict, and yeah. like you said, like you mentioned before, like also you've got all the hormones that are like mm. dropping down. I saw this really interesting fact the other day, and I can't remember if I remember it off by heart, but it was saying something like your hormones peak so much, and then apparently they drop like so quickly after birth and it's like your emotions go from like a thousand to mm. I don't know whatever but um it's that though on top of it so yeah not everything it's, not, just, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not yeah it's it's not everything is making sense sometimes yeah, like totally. some things feel really irrational um mm. some things feel like oh my gosh am I losing my mind mm. and then there's the lack of sleep and then also like your body is healing so yeah. that's a whole that's a whole other obstacle like I know that I didn't have a, a c-section but my sister did with her birth and she was saying how even that like that just makes breastfeeding hard because mm. 
you know, you've got to maneuver your baby around your scar and yeah. there's so yeah. many other things you do. So, oh my gosh, I just, the one, like one of the things that I just got out of birth, I think is just how much absolute admiration I have for women. Mm. And you, you do, you do before um, you become a parent. Like I have always sort of advocated for women and like, you know, Mm. absolutely think they're the best and that we're strong and we're resilient and but when you give birth <laughs> it's just like you are just like wow like yeah. we are something else and even TJ was like there is no way that men could do what you guys do like there is just yeah. absolutely no way we are just not built yeah. for that you guys yeah. are incredible and I guess that sort of helped a little bit like to know that your partner has seen you go through that and then like mm. has this new sort of like admiration yeah. Um, for you after seeing you bring their child into the world like that's that's pretty awesome to have that like yeah, not reassurance sure. like because like I know I'm amazing you know you're amazing we <laughs> all know we're amazing reminder, right? yeah yeah it's yeah. just nice to know yeah 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 no I definitely definitely agree with that. <laughs> and what about like um how have you sort of I guess learned or juggled or whatever the right word is around Amaya's sleep and all of those changes. Like I know she's one and a half now and mm. it just changes all the time when they're babies. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but how have you sort of coped with that? And, yeah, what does that look like for you guys? Um, yeah, so I think early on we were – I don't think we had too many problems with her sleep early on, which we're, like, super grateful for. She, mm-hmm. she was a pretty great sleeper when she was younger. Um she went through all the typical um, like progressions in terms yeah. of like her milestones and learning and things, and I know that that can affect their sleep. So I think for us, like we're actually going through a bit of a rough patch at the mm-hmm. moment. Uh, <laughs> if you've got an eighteen month, you'll probably month old, you'll probably know. Yeah. Uh, we're doing like minimum two wake ups a night. Um, yeah. I think a lot of it is just to do with like reminding ourselves that they're learning things for the first mm-hmm. time. Like it's just trying to not put too much pressure on them and yeah. also not too much pressure on ourselves to like, mm. I don't know, be like, be a certain way or like make sure who sleeps a certain way to fit, I guess mm. what we as a society think sleep should look like in a child. But yeah. like for us, like I've like done a bit of reading and things and we definitely have like a particular parenting style that we're trying to, I mm. guess, follow um, and for us, it was just about when she was younger, we wanted to just let her know that like we were there for her. So, yeah. and again, this is just my personal experience and I a hundred percent believe like you need to do what works for your family because yeah. no one can ever tell you what yeah, works best yeah. for your family. You know, your family best, but for us, we were, um, we really wanted to let her know that if she needed us when she was sleeping and she woke up or whatever and was miserable, like we, that we were going to be there. Um, I think that helped us a lot in the beginning. Now she might be taking the piss a little bit with it, but that's all right. It's not her fault. She's just learning things for the first time. And we, you know, we tell ourselves that, but um, I think another thing we just need to remind ourselves is like, how do we expect kids to sleep through the night when like, mm-hmm. we don't even sleep through the night sometimes. Like yeah, I said yeah. to TJ, like I wake up and go to the toilet right during the night maybe mm. once or whatever yeah if she's like doing a wee in her nappy like yeah, maybe yeah. that wakes her up like fair enough <laughs> you know yeah. like um and like I toss and turn at night I get uncomfortable mm. I might wake up I might check my phone or whatever yeah, yeah. you know th- 
they're doing the same thing except they're just more vocal about it and they need some yeah. comfort I, I, I that's how I sort of see it and that's how I have to that's what I have to remind myself when mm. I'm like sleep deprived and wanting to like down 20 coffees I just need to remind myself that like you know where she's learning things for the first time we're learning things for the first time as parents and you just gotta roll with it sometimes Mm -hmm. I guess and remind yourself that it's a season and that you know TJ always says one day she won't need us to (laughs) like check on her or tuck her in or hug her and I'm like oh my god stop like (laughs) but like yeah that is true and I, I think honestly like just do what you need to do like mm. yeah to, to to work for your family because hey i might be saying that right now and there's a mother out there going yeah that's easier said than done Greer. i don't mm. know about that yeah. but you know yeah whatever whatever works for your family but i guess that's what works for us is we just roll with it at the moment awesome and so in terms of like you and tj i guess as a couple and as parents um how have you found like the change in your relationship and, and dynamic in terms of adding a little person to your family and what is like sharing of the load look like for you guys? It is very tough sometimes. Like mm-hmm. I definitely knew there would be an adjustment um, to having a child and you sort of, you, you discuss it before you have a child mm-hmm. and you, and you know that there's going to be a change coming, but obviously you don't know until it happens mm-hmm. and it has definitely been an adjustment. Um, like I said, in the early days, there's probably a little bit of like resentment from mm. me that he got to just continue to play his rugby career as it was. Mm. Um, but then in saying that, like, I guess that didn't take into consideration like his emotions around the fact that he wasn't able mm-hmm. to spend the time with his daughter that I did, you know? So there's always like a sort of give and take in that department, yeah. I think, Um if you do have like a sole a parent who stays at home and then like one that goes out and works, mm. um, which is our situation. So I know that I'm super privileged to be able to um, be a stay at home mum at the moment and look after Amaya. Um, we're planning to put her into daycare soon, which is going to be another adjustment. Mm. Um, but yeah, at the moment, I think the hardest thing I found was, or oh, is um, just really making time for our, like us as husband and wife um and I think I like yeah I've touched on it recently and it's definitely finding a balance but I think sometimes you very easily lose that balance Mm -hmm. just in the course of life like early early on in, in the piece um me and TJ went out for our first date I think it was when she was only like four or five weeks old and it was really important for us because it was a reminder of that we were husband and wife before we became Mm -hmm. parents and we made a commitment to each other. So we said, look, it's going to be hard to leave her. She's like, cause this was at the point, you know, when you're like a new mum and you're like, I don't believe my baby. Um, you know, but I had my mum living with us and she was like, I'll look after her. You don't need to be gone long. Like, mm. so to us, it was, even if it was only like, I don't know, 20 minutes out of the yeah, house yeah. to go get a coffee, it was important for us to do that really early on so that it didn't get down the track and we yeah. hadn't even like spent time together, you know, just alone. Yeah. Um, so we did that really early on and we were pretty good with it for a while. And I think just recently, um, and I've spoken to TJ about this and, I'm sure he's fine with me sharing this, but like it's about being intentional with mm-hmm. with prioritizing uh, us as a couple because 
like I said, in life it, it does slip. Like it's not 100%. all um, fairy tales all the time mm. and it's not as much as you love spending time together with your child, you do miss having that mm. time together. And I think he said to me recently, like we were texting each other, he was at work and I, I, we were spending the afternoon together and I said, look, I'm really like looking forward to, mm. I think we had decided to go on a walk or something. So I'm really looking forward to going on a walk with you. And he was like, yeah, like I'm really longing for time with my wife. And mm. that just sort of like hit me like our time that we spend together with Amaya, even though we're together in each other's company, mm. it's not husband and wife time, it's parent time. Yeah. And I think that's what's been one of the hardest adjustments is balancing mm. parent us and husband and wife us because yeah. I'm a massive believer in like creating the foundations for your whanau mm. are based on the love that you have with your partner and that's what this all started from in the first place. Mm. So you need to keep that solid so that your family can flourish and yeah. – I think it's very like realistic to acknowledge that that's not always the case. Cause yeah, yeah I, like I said, for us, it was definitely slipping recently and we've had to really like take some intentional time out to spend time together. Yeah. But like, I think if you can acknowledge that and you can sit down with your partner and have that conversation, like I'm really missing us time. Yeah. Can we do something? Can we prioritize something? Can we plan something? I think just having that conversation is a really good start. Cause yeah, yeah, like parenting is very consuming in <laughs> the best of cases. Like yeah, yeah. even if you don't have like, oh, my my sister, um, I'm sure she won't mind me sharing this, but my sister had a baby who had colic and mm. just, you know, seeing her go through that, her and her partner yeah. go through that was like absolutely devastating. So like I said, parenting is consuming at the best of times and you often put your relationship on the back burner. Um, yeah. So, you know, you can only like, oh, my heart goes out to the mums who are mm -hmm. going through a tough time and and then also trying to, you know, yeah. have their relationship with their partner. So, yeah. yeah, I think that was probably the biggest adjustment is just finding that balance, um, yeah. like time with my husband, time with my partner mm -hmm. and being a mum, yeah. Yeah, I really related to, I actually follow your um, Patreon account and yeah. I've really related to a post or part that part of the post that you had on there around mm. like the security or I can't remember what the quote was I think you said it was from TikTok but it was like that you need to find time like during the day rather than just trying to find like an intimate piece of time at mm. night when you don't feel like there's been any like build up or like yeah yeah nice yeah oh yeah feeling I, during the day yeah. I can so relate it was, to um because I did a post, so I, yeah, I have a, a um, I guess it's sort of like a blog space mm. really, isn't it? But Patreon's a cool platform that I've just recently gone on to um, in the past, like, year or so. Yeah. Um, because I love writing, I enjoy writing, and I was finding that be through becoming a mother, like, I had so many experiences that mm. I wanted to talk about because I feel like, I don't know, I just sort of felt like you do hear about these things, um, but not sort of in depth and, and sometimes they're a little bit glossed over and yeah. sometimes all the icky parts are left out or the more intimate parts. And yeah. 
how much I benefited from seeing like the real raw stuff. Yeah. Um, and I was like, man, I wish like more people would talk about this or would have mentioned yeah. this. Um, so I guess that's sort of the space that I'm holding at the moment on Patreon is just like my experiences as being like a mother and obviously relationships and things like that. But yeah, um, yeah I did write a post about intimacy and like sex, I guess, after I just put it out there, sex and the, in, uh, after having a baby. And yeah. Um, yeah, that that quote was something like foreplay doesn't start like in the bedroom it starts yeah. you know throughout the day and it's just yeah. so true like not even just for sex I think for anything yeah. like it, it's it's it, as a parent you have um certain things change in you your priorities change the way you receive love changes sometimes I mean yeah. for me it did um the your needs might be different um whether that's intimately or whether that's, you know, in other yeah. ways. Yeah. And I just think that we really need to invest in putting time into the smaller actions that lead to whatever the thing is. Oh, yeah, I think I mentioned something like um, it's the journey, eh? like not the destination. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's putting that effort in there. And I think that's like a sort of spark moment that came mm. for me um, with like me and TJ's relationship and balancing that is like, yeah, like I can't just expect things to be great in an instant when we haven't put in the work to like plan and prioritize and be intimate, be, mm. I don't know, con converse with each other or whatever yeah. it is. So, yeah. yeah, no, I definitely think that's, um, yeah, that's a really good way to think about stuff is like mm. the journey, not just yeah. getting to the destination. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely agree with that. And I guess in terms of, yeah, Patreon and, um, social media and what you do for work how have you found that juggle sort of poster Meyer and what does that look like for you now yeah so just before I had a Meyer, I had started doing like a few um posts and things on Instagram just about my pregnancy journey mm -hmm. and I noticed that I guess uh, quite a few people found that relatable um mm -hmm. I just was saying what I felt what things I was going through whatever um and I think a, a big part of it was around like my changing body and things like that. Like um, you see a lot of the real beautiful photos of people pregnant and blah, blah, blah. But like no one, or I felt like no one really spoke about the whole, like starting to miss your old body or starting mm. to not recognize this person who was like growing another human. And while it's beautiful and amazing, and I, I totally a hundred percent think that it was also really hard. So I sort of documented that, people found that relatable and then I sort of started I guess like organically sort of shifted into the more like mm -hmm. um social media space and when I had Amaya I put a hold on all of that I was like oh, <laughs> I just need some time to like yeah. learn how to be a, a parent yeah. um but then yeah so more recently I started writing again I'd always loved writing like ever since I was young Fun fact is I actually wanted to be an English teacher, <laughs> which is a bit funny. But, um, yeah, I wanted to be an English teacher at one point, and that was, like, my dream career um, after being a singer. But, um, so, yeah, I put it on hold, and then I started sort of getting back into writing and things. And, yeah, I decided to just make a space that was dedicated to that and was a little bit more intimate. Um, I think with social media and with my husband being a rugby player, there's a lot of attention there and it's not 
always like great attention I guess like Mm. I think you're sort of put under a microscope a bit sometimes um with things you say and doing that so I was sort of like I just want a a safe Mm. space where I can write exactly how I feel I don't need to put filters on it and I know that people will be coming to the space with well I hope good intention because you have to subscribe to read my writing yeah, um, yeah. support my work so I've created sort of that sort of space which I love like I absolutely love it love writing again love sharing my experiences and just sort of want to create like a little community yeah. um, with I guess sort of like-minded people yeah yeah yeah, yeah. awesome Cool. And is there anything that you feel like we haven't covered or any sort of, you know, anything else that is relevant to your journey that you don't think we've talked about? Yeah, probably the main one that I was just um, thinking about sort of before we spoke was um, the whole miscarriage thing because it was mm. something that a lot of people had a, had questions about um, yeah. when it happened because I decided to post about that publicly yeah. and it was mainly just because I didn't know much about it and I Mm. didn't feel like I knew many people who had gone through it, but I was wrong. I knew many people who had gone through (laughs) it who just didn't feel like they could share it because there's still a little bit of, um, I guess, stigma around it. Mm. And I think for me as well, like there's those thoughts of like, have I done something wrong? Um, What are people going to think? Like, um, is this going to happen again? Uh, Just a lot of doubt and a lot of, um, yeah, I guess like the, that stigma. So I, I wanted to post about that publicly so that women knew that if they wanted to talk about it, it was okay to talk Mm. about it. And it wasn't such a like taboo thing to talk about. But um, yeah, I I did want to sort of make sure that that was sort of mentioned in this conversation because it is, I guess, sort of a part of my birthing journey in a sense. Um, But, you know, I think the the main thing for me recently has just been speaking about, um, speaking openly about this sort of what they call the fourth trimester. So Mm. that time after you have baby, because I felt like there's so much information, so many products, so many, so much advice around birth, Mm. but there's not a lot around what comes after birth and and there may be but I feel like you do have to like really search for it like you'd have to know I don't know blogs blog posts or blog spots or whatever um social media accounts or something I just felt like that was the thing that I was really unprepared for was the the actual parenting part (laughs) which Mm. is like the main part yeah yeah you know parents who I guess stay at home or um, first time parents mm. and things like that. Cause just that was the thing, yeah, that I felt a little bit unprepared for was navigating that whole new world. And yeah. um, like I said, you get so much information about the baby. So even like yeah. after birth, all the information is about the baby. So like, this is how you feed the baby. This is how the baby should sleep. This is how you swallow the baby. This mm. is how you dress a baby for the right temperature. Like it's, it's pretty like in depth information about the baby, yeah. but there's nothing about like your hormones will be doing this and you might be feeling mm. this way. And um, you, I, you know, I don't know, like it's, it was just a lot, a lot yeah. to go through. Um, yeah, breastfeeding and healing and mm. the the feelings that you get when you like um, 
go out for the first time without your baby, like how that feels and that it's normal. Mother, like no one talks about, there's no information about mum guilt. Like that's like one of the biggest things I think mums feel. Um, So yeah, I think it just that like, I coming on here I just I think I I mean I did mention to you that like I sort of wanted to chat a little bit about Mm. that fourth trimester and about after giving birth because that's where I felt like my biggest challenges were Mm. um was in becoming a parent and that like the amount of information that you're given for birth even though like nothing can actually prepare you for birth Mm. but um the amount of information that you're given for that um compared to like the information that you're given for how you're feeling and things after birth is crazy and I don't know perhaps there should be more study around that or I don't know some funding or something I'm not sure but um yeah just just if you do know any mums out there or birthing parents or um you know people who are have just had a little one um yeah, just reach out to them and yeah. check in. And it's not even to, like, visit, like, no. just just say, like, I'm going to drop off some food or I'm yeah. going to pick you up a coffee or I'm going to uh, pop in if you need a chat. Um, yeah. And if you don't, that's cool. I'll leave. Like, it's yeah. fine. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know, just that support afterwards because, yeah, that's the, that's the tough times I found for me yeah. personally, yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely think that is great. Great advice, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have absolutely loved speaking to you this afternoon, Greer, and I know that there will be so many people out there that love your episode, so I'm just super grateful that you took the time to talk to me, and, yeah, it was really lovely. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh, I've talked for so long. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I really hope that you have enjoyed it, and I really loved my chat with Greer so I'm pretty confident that there'll be lots of you out there that enjoyed it too. Just a reminder that this episode is brought to you by Your Birth Project, the space that you need to be to create your best pregnancy, birth and postpartum period. So if you want to check Your Birth Project out, head to at Your Birth Project on Instagram or www.yourbirthproject.com. Speak to you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.